Forte, and for four years of my life, I was part of a cult. The organization looked nice and sweet on the outside, but it did a lot of damage to many people on the inside. After sharing my experiences with others, they helped me come to terms with the fact that we were in a cult, and now I speak out about that trauma while giving others a chance to do the same. Welcome to my podcast series, I Was in a Cult. Welcome back to I Was in the Coldest, your boy Forte, and uh, I apologize for the deep, dark, captivating voice. <laughs> uh, um, I've been sick for like the last fuck month or so, and uh, it's, it's affecting me in many different ways. And right now, vocally, is what's going on, but uh, I'm feeling better now, getting my health and stuff back in check, and uh, we're getting ready to get started with what I have to call season three. Um, because now we've kind of shifted into something different. Now there may be some combinations of different things we discuss and address, but um, I think for the next series of episodes, they're going to be strictly on documentaries of religious cults. Now we will bring in other people later on down the line that either were a part of cults or were, friends and family members of people that were cult members so that they can share their experiences as well. Uh, but I want to focus right now on um, these documentaries because they're starting to, you know, they're, they're starting to be out there. Like they're popping up everywhere. And I think they've been that way forever, but as of like late with deconstruction and everything that's going on there, it's starting to um, attract more attention. So obviously, one of the most recent um, documentaries that came out was uh, the one on the Duggars family. So that's what we're going to talk about. This next two-part series will be focusing on the Duggar family. And uh, I brought in people that were on season two episodes for this part of the interview. Um, <clears throat> the next two, um, the two-part series here, uh, they are the most recent women I think that I've had on the episodes for interviews, one being Holly, who both of us were at Liberty at the same time and had no idea. And then the other one was Katrina, who was the last person in season two to give a uh, interview. Both of them have some very insightful things to say. They both watched um, the documentary as well. And uh, we all just wanted to kind of talk about it. Now, some of the stuff that we talk about is so fucking random that it's just like, wait, what? What does that have to do with anything? Look, I'm all over the place as is, so you you should have known what you signed up for when you listened to this podcast. But since you don't, I'll just go ahead and throw it out there. Sometimes we can't stay on topic, and uh, that happened a few times during this interview. But I think you know you'll you'll laugh at some of the things we talk about, and other times you're like, what the fuck are they saying? And that's that's fine, you know, that's all a part of it. But we do address this um, family and the hardships and stuff that the kids um, have gone through and they're realizing it now. And um, we'll talk a little bit more about, like I said, um, the other episodes as we go along. But the two-part series here, this will be part one. We'll 
um, focus specifically on episode one. So after a word from our sponsor, we're going to get started. A world-renowned poet once said, I ain't no killer, but don't push me. Revenge is like the sweetest joy next to getting cookies. Okay, so maybe he didn't say that, but I'm sure if he tried some of our cookies, he would have definitely added that to his lyrics. Harper Rose Sweet Shop has added cookies to the repertoire, featuring gooey chocolate chip, cookie butter crispy, and cookie butter gooey chocolate chip cookies. Once you've had our cookies, you'll be ordering another batch mid-bite. That's how damn good they are. So what are you waiting for? Get on the website, get you a six-pack, and get sweeted. Speaking of which, in honor of our slogan, we've updated the website. You can now visit us at www.getsweeted.com. That's www.getsweeted.com. Hashtag sweet yourself. All right, welcome back to I Was in a Cold. It's your boy Forte. And uh, this is going to be a rather interesting uh, interview or series. I don't really know how to classify it, but... um, what we have decided to do, and I'm saying we, I'm going to introduce my guests in a minute, and now this will be the first time I've had more than one person on at the same time, which is, you know, really exciting. Um, but it's also former interviewees, I guess. I don't know if that's the way to say it or not. But so obviously you start seeing all these documentaries that are like coming out out of nowhere. You know, you have um, Warren Jeffs when, you know, his came out, Hillsong when their first one and now second one has come out. Um, my friend Loxie, who has been on the uh, podcast, was a part of the first documentary um, that was on Discovery+. Plus. Um, but the one that has come out most recently that has, you know, got the attention of many people and is very glass shattering, very like, you know, collectively people who have deconstructed, are deconstructing, or are just in the church. But at the same time, they're like, holy shit, like, wow. This sounds very similar to, and then they'll start listing off different areas where it is a very similar um, training program and style and certain words and nuances, like all these different things and how people keep their folk in line and how a lot of manipulation and abuse and a lot of things happen because of how they set the system up. So we are going to tackle... um, the Duggar uh, podcast, or sorry, the podcast, the Duggar documentary. Um, they did four episodes. So I think what we want to do is uh, do a interview on every single episode. So this one will solely be for episode one. So if you haven't watched the uh, Duggar um, documentary yet, let me see the actual name of it. Cause I don't want to say the wrong, you know, I want to actually title it. It's uh, shiny, happy people, Doug, Duggar family secrets. If you have not seen this um, documentary yet, and you are wanting to stay, you know, in the loop with what we're talking about, I recommend you actually stopping the podcast right now, going to watch it. It's on uh, Prime Video. And then come back and listen to it because, you know, you're going to be confused. You might be able to follow along because there's still like a lot of similarities with things that they did and other things that you may have experienced personally. But if you want to know exactly what it is we're talking about, I do recommend watching the documentary. It's four episodes. And, um, you know, besides the fact that it is really sad, what was addressed um, overall, just them having the courage to, you know, come out and speak. And it ain't just members of the Duggar family. There are relatives, you know, um, friends, and then people that belonged or were a part of the institution where the Duggars got a lot of their, um, their own ideals of stuff, whatever, all of these people are speaking out about it and how, you know, 
the shit is completely toxic. So yeah, I do recommend it. It was definitely a good uh, documentary. But before we get started on talking about it, let me go ahead and reintroduce some of these people. The first person um, was on earlier in season two, and um, we we prolonged publishing her episode because when I listened to the quality of the, of the interview, it just didn't sound great. And uh, I felt so bad. I was like, okay, we'll try it again. And we never got back to it. But I listened to it, you know, randomly out of the blue and it actually sounded fine. So I went ahead and uploaded it. Um, very good episode. She shared her experience about how, just like me, you know, she was at Liberty University. Um, she met her future and then eventual ex-husband. Um, and then she just shared a lot about the abuse and um, manipulation and a lot of things that happened to her, you know, during the time that she was married uh, to this guy. And, um, you know, her story was definitely a unique one because she actually came from one Christian school to another one. And uh, it's just like the experience went from bad to worse. And it was just like, yeah. So I do recommend it. I will put a link in the um, in this episode so you can go back and listen to her um, interviews specifically because they were good ones. Um but that is Holly. So, uh, Holly, welcome back to the IWIAC podcast universe. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be back. Absolutely. And along with Holly, we had a few people that were, you know, um, scheduled to be on this. Some of them had some conflicts and stuff, but they'll be around for the other episodes. I'm not even worried. Um, the next person I'm introducing was my most recent interview. So, like, she literally just did hers a couple of weeks ago. And uh, she's, yes, two weeks ago. And she's coming back because um, we, when we talked about the Duggar stuff, she's like, yeah, hell yeah, I'm in on this one too. Um, because there's similarities and stuff with her own experience. And so she wanted to kind of come in and speak on that one. I'll go ahead and put her links in the, uh, you know, in the podcasting as well. She did a very good interview expressing like a lot of the stuff you know just like parental control and how you know that was just really deep into things and how they not necessarily arranged marriages but something along the lines of where they were almost marrying off you know children like i mean it was there's a lot of fuck up shit and uh it was um like good for her for getting out because i know that was that was hard that wasn't an easy thing um and she's just sharing with us how she's still learning things as time goes on because you know this was recent a lot you know her walking away from everything and stuff so it's not completely you know a long time ago so she's still getting you know learning things and growing um but she's she's a great human being and i think um her episodes are definitely helpful and beneficial to others as well so also welcome back to the iwiac universe uh my friend and photographer katrina welcome hello hello yeah Whoa. absolutely yeah i'm your photographer now wow I yeah so I, yeah i just kind of threw that in there yeah <laughs> hey apparently you're not my yeah. photographer so yeah i will take you want <clears> yeah, cool so studio photos for your thing i'll take photos for you absolutely yeah i'm i'm glad i'm really glad that we were able to do this this is like i said this is new territory for me season one um we were talking more about the organization i was a part of season two we, we opened the doors for everyone to kind of come in and share their experience and i'm just trying to debate as to whether or not this is going to be the start of season three or whatever the hell we're doing. I don't know yet. Cause I think if we just focus on the documentaries for this entire, you know, next upcoming series should be a season, you know, in itself, but I don't know, like, it's not something I have to, you know, specify or, you know, figure out now let's see how this goes and we'll determine whether or not this is something that's going to be season two or season three, but let's go ahead and get started. So we're going to talk about episode one of um, shiny, happy people. Duggar family secrets. 
Um, so basically, if you're not familiar with the Duggar family, um, Jim Bob and Michelle, I mean, that is as Southern and country <laughs> as it, Jim Bob, Jim Bob Duggar, his wife, Michelle, and their 19 kids, 19 Didn't kids. they get to 20? They Didn't probably they have 20? by then. Um, let, you know they, what? We can figure that out too. I know they I know had a miscarriage one season. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, that might have been documented. Um, hold on one second. We'll figure it out as we go. But, yeah, at, at the time of the documentary was, you know, being filmed, they were at 19. So I'm sure. Yeah. Well, at least they did yeah, they, they 19 and one. counting. They adopted one. Okay. Their adopted son, Tyler, made it 20. Okay. I didn't All know. Right. So, yeah, on yeah on Wiki it says 19. So I think they, they have 19 natural children and they adopted um, one. And obviously Tyler, you know. The rest of them have names with a J. Ginger, Jessa, Jenna, Josh, Jerky, um, Jump Rope, you know, Geometry. I was, I was impressed for a second. I was like, damn, he knows all of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, Jack in the Box, Jalapeno. No, sorry, Jalapeno. Anyway, um, they all start with a J. And then Tyler, wait, the fuck? Um, change his name. Your name is now Jyler. You're in this family. Your name is Jyler. We had, I had a family friend. I'm actually friends still with one of these people. I connected yeah. him to you recently. Yeah, All yeah. of the girls had K names and the boys had a different letter name. Nice. They had, I want to say 14, 15 children. It was like, okay, they've got a thing. <laughs> yeah, they have a thing. They need to cut that thing off. Stop using the thing. <laughs> responsibly yes seriously because like uh, yeah and we can we can even get into that like early on in the documentary um the you know the duggars both grandparents you know like the parents of jim bob and michelle were both like they were not down with uh hey let's have as many children as we can and they were mm -hmm. you know they were saying like are you okay are you done now like this is like you know 12 like can can you be done, please? And then it got all the way up to nineteen. It's just like, bruh, like Right. I, I, Wait. The biggest thing is, obviously, I don't want to knock, I do not want to knock someone that wants to have a lot of children. There's a lot that goes on when you do that though. And I'm not gonna be Nick, an expert. No shade to kids. Nick Cannon. No yeah. shade to Nick Cannon. God damn, look, Nick. That'll be a whole other thing because I rock with Nick. Nick, stop getting all these women pregnant. You're not gonna. You're never gonna listen to this. You know. I don't know if you're trying to compete with the Duggars or what, but stop it. You had a whole scene. You had a scene in Drumline where you were approaching your estranged dad and said, "I ain't got no kids running around." That's a goddamn lie. You have 14 kids now. Michael Jackson died in 2009, and he had no kids at that point. Literally has had like a child almost once a year since then. Like, stop it, Nick. Stop. Like a human pet yeah. dispenser or something. I would not be surprised. I would not be not be surprised if Nick Cannon has his own customized pet dispenser. Now I'm gonna look on the internet to see if that's even a thing, but I'm gonna try to find that. Hey, like again, hey, shout out to Nick. Nick is a funny guy. I think you know, I think he's hilarious. Just the whole kid saying, like, bro, I'm just sitting here, like, I'm about to go, you know, get a vasectomy for you, dude. Like, I mean, that's the way it's going. At this point, everybody else needs to just need to go ahead and just snip it off because Nick is repopulating the earth on his own. 
This is dude there has like enough a bunch for of guys doing this right now. Like there's like I'm a sure bunch there of guys doing this. And you know, my friend told me, oh gosh, I gotta remember what the name of the movement is. But it's basically like a secular form of the quiverful movement, all around Silicon Valley executives, and like there's some questionable things going on in terms of the genetics, like genetic selection. Yeah. And yeah, designing oh, their babies. Yeah, there's some rabbit holes. With you said down. Silicon Valley, yeah. and everything that you yeah. said since then is not a shock. <laughs> that sounds right. But apparently, I'm not surprised that them MFs are the one that's. Yeah, I'm sure they're the ones that got all this AI shit going on now, as is, you know. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't put it past them that they're trying to, you know, modify them. Ooh, that reminds me. I will there is. It. Yeah, there is a documentary that we have to do um, episodes on. It's about, I don't know if you saw it. It's on Netflix. It's about this dog. And this dog is like the richest dog in the world because the owners, um, the owner wrote in the will that all of her money goes to the dog. And she has someone that, you know, is the caretaker for the dog that oversees the estate and all this other stuff. And like, and they hired a group of people to hang out with the dog. They started an actual like, music group that ended up turning into like this random sex cult and then they were starting to try to make them perfect <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm gonna find the name I'm gonna find the name of this documentary because that shit was off the rails. I think I stopped watching it when they were trying to get the dog to father a child. That is not how that works. The dog is not a human. Have you seen the documentary on Netflix about the, the white doctor in like Ohio? Who was impregnating oh, all these oh, women? Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. have like over a hundred siblings, and they sat this man, this piece of fucking shit down, and he came and was like, "Oh, look what I did!" Like yeah. he didn't even, he wasn't even apologetic. Right, he was like excited, yeah. happy about it. And people like, were no, discovering man. like that people that they well, dated well. were actually like their half sibling and stuff. Like that's kind of mess you up as an adult. Also, for anyone interested, I just did a Google search. It is. Uh, Gunther's Millions. That's the name of the dog yes. documentary. Yeah, Gunther's just we have to do that one. There's four episodes on that one too, and I'm, I promise you, like it's it's bizarre. I recommend after this, y'all go watch it because we're gonna do a podcast on that one because that's not even yes. a religious cult. That shit was just bizarre because they were like, wow. hey, like the dog Gunther bought a mansion in Miami. How the fuck did a dog buy the gun? Like a mansion in Miami. Oh, <laughs> like, no. I'm telling you, when you watch it, you're going to be like, wait, what? <laughs> I've just... actually heard this storyline, though. Have you guys ever heard of India Maria? Like, it's like a very popular Mexican, like, like everyone in Mexico knows who this is. She plays like this indigenous Mexican lady who comes to the U.S. And one of the movies is she's like, you know, taking care of this rich lady and the, the rich lady dies and the whole family is like trying to get custody of the dog because she left everything to the dog. So I'm like, I've seen this story. So that's so wait, cool. I can't wait, wait a second. Can't watch that. <laughs> yes. We're going to tackle all these shits. You know I mean? It's just crazy. Like, I mean, this stuff is bizarre. Yeah. All the shits. No. All right. Okay. So obviously we found some more material to, to jump on, you know, in the future. So let me try to go through this. I, I like where this is going, but uh, you know, that's why I wrote notes this time. Cause I know this shit's going to go off the rails. I, I just already sent it. All right. So obviously the Duggar family, they follow guidelines, you know, from the Institute uh, in uh, basic life principles, also known as the IBLP. Um, and they, you know, in the eyes of many people, cause I know when, um, 
fuck was it like 15 and counting or whatever it was at the time Mm -hmm. when they started it um so many christians were like wow this is just this model upstanding family i want to be like them yada yada all this other stuff like i mean people were looking at them like this is the american dream get married and have a bunch of kids and do all this stuff and get into politics and all like i mean people Mm -hmm. were loving this family no matter how backwards and off they were again not knocking people that were homeschooled not knocking people that went through you know Mm -hmm. some of the stuff but we're coming to find out that a lot of these people that went through some of these practices are struggling and dealing with a lot of trauma. So it's just yeah. like, I'm not mocking the practice in itself, but I'm just going after some of, you know, okay, well, this is what happened because of, you know, so-and-so. But right. yeah, so like they got their, you know, their teaching from the IBLP and um, they were really big on concepts like chaperoning and dates. Um, the girls, are, you know, the daughters like saving their virginity and obviously their first kiss um, for marriage. So like they had their first kiss on the actual wedding day and you know i mean hey look if that works for you great so be it i had a friend who told me that there was a couple who had never kissed before and they were sharing their first kiss at the wedding and the guy kissed his wife on the cheek that was their first kiss and i'm just like i don't understand people i just don't look i i'm just uh, you know, before I, I found God and walked, you know, obviously eventually walked away from him. I was a whore. So I'm not saying that I'm the perfect standard of anything. Like I, <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not even saying that, but just, you know, but on the cheek, like that's the holding hands of relationships, right. you know, like, uh, you know, like that, that's like the basic, you know, one plus one equals two thing. And you're doing it as right. a, like, that's what, that's what they did. So, I mean, but like, that's, that's the viewpoints they had you know i mean that you know they were also big on being fruitful and multiplying and again we talked about that a lot and that's how the whole tangent about nick cannon started and it's just kind of <laughs> <went down. laughs> but um and it's just funny because you know the person who was teaching these principles and that's something we'll get into a little bit later he's just a very it was very ironic or it was oxymoronic of this individual being the one that was teaching be fruitful and multiply and we'll get into that you know in a little bit but obviously so with all the stuff that's happening with this show and how it's becoming popular and it's you know blowing up and you know you know putting them into the stratosphere a lot of people never really saw what was going on behind the scenes and no Mm -hmm. one had an idea of any of that stuff until josh duggar Basically, it just came out, and when it came out, it was it just rapidly got out there right. with the, you know with the sexual assault of multiple girls, including some of his siblings. Um, you know, just all of these things, and then you know the big Ashley Madison leak and how his mm-hmm. name was on there, um, how he was involved with the porn star. Like, I mean, it was just it was crazy. It's like, bro, where the fuck did that come from? Like, I mean, it was just, and when that happened, it just it just started toppling everything. You know, obviously you have some siblings who are just like, I don't want you know, I don't want to have anything to do with this. They kind of walked away from the situation. Um, you have the parents who aren't really saying anything about it. They're still strategically saying things in a way as if, you know, there's a, uh, there's a PR rep that's, you know, like writing their speeches or something. Cause the way they're saying it is to try to rid themselves of any fault or, you know, bad doing or any of that to make it seem like they were unaware of anything going on. Well, in the documentary, they started exposing, you knew everything that was going on. You just didn't take care of it properly. And you know, and that that gets crazy in itself too. And you know, it's a wild ride with this documentary, but um, 
but yeah, so that's that's what we're going to focus on. So, you know, we got obviously a lot more talking points and we'll start talking about some of these things here. So if you want to chime in whenever you will uh, want to, that's fine. Um, Amy, the cousin of the family, she recalls how strict it was in the household. She talked about how they didn't have a radio. They didn't have a TV. The, you know, her mom had to contact them whenever um, an emergency was happening. Hey, a storm's coming. But you wouldn't know that because y'all are acting Amish as hell and have no do- <laughs> you have no kind of electronic device to tell you that a storm yeah. is coming. They had to be, you know, reminded of that. Um, the the women had to wear pantaloons under their uh, dresses or skirts. Mm-hmm. They were not allowed to not wear those things. Um, they couldn't wear shorts. They couldn't yeah. show their shoulders. Like they couldn't. Yes. Like I mean, it was just that like was it was just crazy. Yeah. yeah, and like, I'm just I'm sitting here and I'm just like everything <clears throat> that those girls are wearing. I wore. I have photos of me wearing the whole like um, what do I call it? I wrote it down right here. The Big pilgrim collars is what I called it. Ah. And those big jumper dresses. Um, I mean, it was exactly that. Yeah. It was exactly that. Yeah. I remember I, uh, when the movie A Walk to Remember came out, yeah. I had been saved. I'm using my air quotations here. Uh, <laughs> saved for about a year, I think. So I was like, "Oh, that's absolutely the way I need to dress now." So like, that's what I wore. It was like, like I was like 15, and that's why I started, 14, 15. That's why I started doing it. Like I just needed to no, wear we were, dress yeah, that we, way. My parents were forcing us, so we, you have to wear this or or else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's the that's, yeah, I that's love the side of things. Yeah. That's the side of things where I never had, like, I didn't have any of that. Like, I, when I got into the indoctrination and shit that I was dealing with, I was 20. So I was already an adult, like a full grown adult going. And the way they got me and that, you know, the cult that I was in is because I needed a spiritual guide. I needed a father figure. You know, I was no knock to my dad, even though him and I don't talk to, you know, each other anymore. He was, when, when I was, you know, he was in my life during, you know, my growing up years, you know, the earliest part. He was that father figure to me. It was never a question, but spiritually he was not. So the person that ran his organization was, and you know, they had some things that I believed in that I agreed with whatever. So they had some attractive, appealing things that kind of lured me in. And that's how I got into it. Cause you know, a lot of people are just like, well, if you're an adult, how the hell did you get looped into this? Because you'll notice when you see a lot of these cults um, that if they're not being indoctrinated as kids, like within their families, they are being roped in by someone's like, your life is shit. You, you know, mm-hmm. you're on a path mm-hmm. of destruction. Look at all the stuff we have here. They have all these happy, smiling people. They have all these mm-hmm. a- extracurricular activities going on. They have all these things that look really appealing so that they can hide the bullshit that they're going to get you with later on. And that's yeah. exactly how they, that's how they do it every single time. That's how adults get involved. Children, they have no choice because the family is the one that's leading it. So they go through it for years and years and years. And then finally, when they realize, Hey, this shit is wrong. Thank you. They're, you know, they're adults. Exactly. And it's just like, now that, you know, they're, oh, they're the black sheep. They're rebellious. No, they've been awakened to what's going on. And that's exactly right. what it is. They're, they're awake. It's, it has nothing to do with them being rebellious mm-hmm. and stuff. You should be re- rebellious, you know, based on a lot of shit that, uh, that you do to your kids, you know. If you but, ask my parents what was going on with me in my teenage years, they will tell you they fundamentally believe. That I was possessed. Oh, yeah. Because I started fighting against what was happening. <sighs> and and not only that, but at church, I was not allowed to talk to boys. 
That was like a thing that could not happen at church. And I was never the girl who wanted to look at my purse, you know? I wanted to play football or like, you know, those kind of things. And yeah. they were like, no, you can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> like, come yeah, on. They, Don't tell me that. Yeah. yeah it's, right. it's, I think, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no go ahead. Saying, go ahead. You were talking, Katrina, about how your family believed you were possessed because you were fighting back. And, like, the thing is, is, like, pe when people are in this belief system, they mm -hmm. completely disregard, like, scientifically backed, like, developmental psychology. Like, you know, at, at this stage, these are common behaviors. You know, in a t you know, your child is developing typically. You have a teenager. They're questioning you. We're talking back. Congratulations. You have a typically developing teenager. And, yeah. you know, rather than it being acknowledged as like, you know, okay, this is just a typical part of human development, you know, and instead it's being reframed as, well, this is sin. This is your sin nature. Um, yeah. And this is just the devil. Has... The devil is attacking our family with yeah. through. <laughs> that's, that's what it is to them. Yeah. That's. And it's, it's funny. And, and, you know, I know there's people that are still believers and have their views and, and stuff like that. But it's like you can't keep blaming everything on the devil. You can't keep blaming everything. You can, you're lumping mm -hmm. it there because it sounds good. And you want to make it say, oh, yes, yeah, the devil. No, it's you as an individual. You are the devil. Like that song, you know, that, that one song, you are the devil and the devil is bad. You, you, God damn it. No, um, but yeah, sorry, tangent. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm going to send you a video. the tangents. Yes. Tangents are awesome. I love those. Um, so, yeah. So, they had these rules and all these guidelines and stuff like that. And, you know, and it was just funny, you know, the cousin just talking, you know, from the outside looking in. Um, and then also at one point, um, they showed Josh and how he had this little boys club called Boycott because I guess the corner store was selling either alcohol or porn or both. And the boys were like, we're going to boycott that. You ain't got money. Right? What are you boycotting? What? What? What change? What? What? What are you doing? Well, yeah. What? Are, what are you doing over there? What are you doing? What? What? What, 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 what is it? Doing? Yes. What? Why? Why are you doing this? <laughs> Say what? What way? Uh, that's another. That's Hot Rod. You need to watch that movie if you haven't seen it yet. Which Hot movie? Rod. Hot Rod. Hot Rod. I was like, I've not seen it. Oh, oh yeah. It has nothing to do with cults. It's just funny. You need to watch yeah. like the cult classics. You know, yeah, I have no idea. So, yeah, I yeah, like, we got recommendations. You. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give you a bunch of stupid movies too. Like Do Hot it. Rod is a stupid movie, but it's funny. I tried Waterboy, man. I could not. I I was like, what are we doing here? If you're gonna start Adam yeah, Sandler movies, you don't start with Waterboy. Like Waterboy is the first one I got into. That's how I oh, got onto okay. it. Okay. But that was after he had done Billy Madison and happy mm -hmm. gilmore those are the ones you want to start it up with now those are also stupid they're just as dumb as Waterboy, if not worse i feel like those two are actually oh, no. worse than that but you want to start with those before you okay. you know because he starts getting a little bit more serious or trying to tone it down somewhat more mm -hmm. as it goes on and then you have stupid ones like little nicky and uh i mean 50 first dates was a good one but no like you, that you want one to I did see that one i did see yeah Okay, I, wrote I that can down. do a sad movie bucket list. Oh yeah. Yes. I need more crying. I need more crying. Right? Please. I'm gonna add you on Facebook. I need more crying. Absolutely. Um but you were just saying Forte about um boycotting businesses. Yeah, they were boycotting stuff. 
There was a point where I remember we weren't allowed to go to places if they had a bar. Like, yeah, a bar, we could not be in there because they had alcohol, and alcohol is like evil, you know, those like kind of situations. And these are the same people that say guns, you know, need to be. Right. Yeah. I don't understand people. Guns are bad. You know, guns are good. Guns are good. Alcohol is bad and porn is bad. Y'all be watching it anyway. Y'all are hypocritical. You're just saying this out in the open. You're saying homosexuality Mm -hmm. is bad. A lot of y'all are closeted too. Like that's the thing that drives me crazy. Most of them who are saying all these things are saying it so they can take the heat off themselves. But they're doing right. or experience everything they're against behind yeah. closed doors. Yeah, it's like, all internalized self hatred, like this internal yes. self loathing. Yes, yes, no, that's really good. That's Absolutely. exactly it. That's that's a good way of saying that one for sure. Yeah, I just kind of opened the door. You kicked it wide open with that knowledge. I appreciate Wait, it. Would they yeah. admit it? No, because you know men cannot have feelings other than yeah, anger right. and amazement. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, of course, they go the other route and they go full on self-hate, like you said, and just, wow. you know, scorch earth and just saying how all this shit is bad. But they're, they are fans of it. Like, I mean, that's crazy. You, I, I can't remember. It was like a, someone in the GOP um, in office or whatever who was, like, against homosexuality and all this stuff. And he was, like, liking the post that a gay <gasps> influencer on Instagram was posted. And I was like, huh? Did you hear about the TikTok, the whole TikTok thing? No, the, which one? There was actually a representative who is like, when I open, when I open TikTok, it's all queer people dancing and and drag people, and everyone's like, he doesn't know the algorithm. He doesn't know the algorithm. <laughs> I was like dying, bro. I was like, this is hilarious. We <laughs> talk alone and work on something like I don't know, getting violence at, out of schools. Like, come on, like, right? Can right. oh, we do something? That's funny. Do that's really funny. When I open it, this <laughs> is all I see, bro. There's a reason why you're seeing it. <laughs> probably hey, my child, probably right? searching it. You know, right? Yeah. Like it, TikTok, TikTok, no, TikTok, yeah. Learn. Like, oh, this is, oh, you like this. Okay, here, you have more. What's wrong with TikTok trying to do all this stuff, whatever? They're only giving you what you want, sir. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Right. TikTok knows. TikTok knows. Because when all my influences, you know, like all the videos I was getting, half of them were Black Lives Matter. The other half were just trolling, you know, current events and stuff. It's because that's what I was watching. It wasn't like, oh, I was, you know, it was like, oh, wow. They're just trying to, they weren't trying to shove that down my throat. I was like, hey, yes, I will eat this. Yes, absolutely. So, like, it's it's funny. It's just like you're telling on yourself, you know. Right. And, that, and that's a big, that's a big issue I have with fundamentalist cults and, you know, just like, you know, churches and, you know, institutions and stuff like that. Most of the time, they're eternally struggling with the things yeah. that they're teaching other people to push out of their mind. They can't even get it together, but they mm-hmm. set it up. They find a way to, you know, promote this message and they're dealing with their quote unquote demons um, mm-hmm. for a lifetime. And like only close, you know, the closest people, you know, around them will know that this is the stuff that they're going with. And it's just, it's really frustrating because you could do so much good. If you were yeah. to flip and say, you know what, this is what I believe. I'm this, I'm that, I, you know, I, I can't go, you know, doing this, whatever, and living this. Case of point, and I'll, I'll bring this up because I'm not a, you know, I'm not really a Rick Warren fan. You know, he has had tragedy mm-hmm. with the son, you know, unalive and himself or whatever. But Rick Warren did something yes. that a lot yes. of people 
if they still had the copy of the purpose driven life would probably set that bitch on fire when right. he yeah. said we have preached the mm-hmm. wrong message when it comes to women and their roles in the church yeah, and i want to say that i'm sorry and i was like all right let's pause because i still <laughs> don't like you but i want to say yeah. that took a lot of balls to say yeah because you're gonna have right. a lot of people that are gonna combat that and say you know what that you know you we had this view of you and now you know we're done with you you're woke we're gonna cancel you or you know all this stuff you know because you see that now you know chick-fil-a is starting to try i don't want to say they're trying to change their image but they are trying to be a lot more inclusive they are showing Mm -hmm. you know they're celebrating their lgbtq um employees yeah like i mean they they were celebrating one of the employees and it was very obvious by looking at this person that they were a member of the community and i'm not saying that like oh it's a stereotype it was like they identified as i want to say queer um and they were you know they were unashamed of who they were and chick-fil-a gave you know gave the person a shout out and everybody was you know uh, up in you know arms about that and like other things they're trying to do to promote diversity uh, you know uh and inclusion and stuff and now everybody's saying oh now they're going woke, and now you know um no. this is and it's just like can oh, and cracker barrel. Be, yeah cracker barrel too the, with the uh with the rainbow what? i um, want a rainbow rocking chair. Rocky chair that shit was dope i like that That's awesome. um, look and the way i see it until they do right by brad's wife i don't give a damn what people say about cracker barrel you know like i mean it's just a matter what of like you know what okay. is this? <laughs> okay, so for the longest time, I I, I want to say it was a couple of years ago. Brad, this guy Brad, jumped mm-hmm. on Cracker Barrel's you know social media and went off on them because at the location his wife worked at, she was a manager. She worked there for I want to say eight, twelve years or something, and worked her ass off, according to Brad's, you know, the husband or whatever. And he's like, y'all didn't even give her a warning, do all this stuff, whatever. Explain yourself, you know, Cracker Barrel. The trolls on social media took that and ran with it. And every single post for a good year after that, when they when Cracker Barrel tried to advertise, oh, hey, this is what we have here at Cracker Barrel now. It's like, I'll tell you what you don't have, Brad's wife. What happened to Brad's wife? She was there for 12 years and you, you didn't even warn her. She did everything right, and you fight, and everybody was like, "Yeah, where's Brad's wife?" And oh so, like, look at this. it got so bad. I, they had to hire people to delete those comments because after a while, like, you stopped seeing those. But that dominated the entire uh, comment section for wow. a year, if not longer, about Brad's wife. But yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah, like I mean, but you see a lot of these companies, you know, Bud Light, you see Target. Um, Starbucks yes. has always been there. Oreo has been pretty big. Um, Macy's was big. I used to work at Macy's. You know, they were big on Pride Month and stuff. A lot of people are celebrating. Now, some of them, because I also have an MBA or I'm working on an MBA. Um, wow. Congrats. Some of these people. Oh, thank you. It's yeah. <sighs> That's another story. Anyway, <laughs> but um, some of these people, some of these corporations are doing it to get paid. I get that. Oh, yeah. And that sucks. Mm-hmm. But at least... They are getting the opportunity to be able to express who they are and to embrace who they are and for it to become more and more, you know, common for this to be natural and normal as much as anything can be. 
But you have so many people that are so geared towards hating these people. I'm going to boycott. I don't want to shop there. Guys, no one fucking cares. If you don't spend a dime at Target or Starbucks or whatever, great. The people who do support those that still will support those are going to come there and show up anyway. Just go on about your business. You're only saying that because – go ahead, go ahead. No, exactly what Holly was saying earlier. These people are suppressing things that that they're questioning in themselves – and mm-hmm. I mean, when I came out to my parents, they, I mean, their whole thing was, oh, it was your sister. It's her fault. That's why she's like this. Because I have an aunt who has been out and proud since like the 90s and was like, I mean, it's been a very hard journey for, for her. Yeah. Um, and, and um, you know, my parents immediately associate with recruiting. That's what, how the LGBTQ plus community works. <laughs> we recruit. And it's like, What? And then there's moments where I'm like, I think my mom's into girls. Like, oh, yeah. like, wait a second. So, you know, these religious leaders are telling people, right? <clears throat> this is your sin nature. This is evil. This is wrong. So they have it, you know, in themselves. And they're like, well, I can't be wrong. So they must be wrong. Right. And they have mm-hmm. to like put someone's head on a stick. Right. And, you know, speaking of sin nature, there's this one anecdote i was um doing mission missionary work this was the summer i was in scotland for my bible college yeah um i know i was like take me back um sans the religion but you know (laughs) but you know what the missionary's wife was saying that well you know because we talk about babies being born with the nature how can babies be born with the nature she's like well you know how babies sometimes cry when they don't eat anything. They're not hungry. They don't need a diaper change. Whatever. That's their sin nature. They're lying. And I'm just oh, like, even this, though I was. Oh my gosh. You deeply just crushed something, Holly. Holy crap. I hope that what? it's a good unlocking. Yes. Yeah, so my grandma on my, so my mom's Argentinian. So I grew up with my grandma and my grandpa in the <clears throat> Chicago area. They only speak Spanish. Nice. Oh, wow. And uh, my grandma recently started getting very heated at my, um, my sister's baby shower. She was like, your father would just, wouldn't even let us touch you when you were crying. Like she started getting really worked up. My aunt was like, it's okay. It's okay, mom. Like telling her, she's like, she still remembers. Like she was really upset about it. But like my dad apparently would not let my mom nurse me in the middle of the night. So I would be screaming for hours. And my dad was like, no, she needs to learn. Like, (laughs) and I was like, oh my gosh, I have a daughter. I could not imagine someone telling me you cannot go in that room. You know, like, right. Like, the fuck I'm not. Like, right. <laughs> I wish you would try to tell me what to do with my child. I hit you in your mouth. You know? Right. I just, oh, wow. This is slightly tied in, but just can I share a happy anecdote since we were talking about pride and everything, too? Please. Okay. So, my daughter will be nine in August. <clears throat> like, I, I'm like in denial. Um, <laughs> And she's in uh, like a special education classroom at school. So she's been with the same teacher for both second and third grade. And I love this teacher so much. I'm so sad she won't be her teacher next year. But she's always been so incredibly inclusive. Like the lessons she prepares for Black History Month. And then like um, 
you know, the Friday before Pride um, in my area, she's like, hey, you know, today in school, we read about Harvey Milk and the history of the Pride flag. And your daughter, she said my daughter's name, you know, she just couldn't believe that they would treat him that way and that they, you know, they shouldn't have done that. And she wanted to know if anybody in our classroom was gay and like, she, and she really wants to go to pride. So I was like, well, I guess we're going to pride. So we um, we got there early. We went for the parade. That was like the main thing we were going for. And she just wanted a pride flag, you know? So once she got it, I mean, it was a really long parade. It was a great parade, but it was very long. She was just waving her flag and yelling happy pride at the people in the parade and and like (laughs) I have to send you I'll show you a photo after we went to the playground after and there's these like dinosaur rockers and there's I have this picture of her on the dinosaur rocker just with the pride (laughs) flag in the air and I'm like it's like the Ronald Reagan on the (laughs) Velociraptor meme but so much better I love it that's amazing I need to see this but yes, I, so all that to say, um, you know, my her father, my ex-husband, is very conservative, and um, I think he got more conservative once we separated. Um, I mean, I've told Forte this, but to, to put it in perspective, when the FBI released the photos from January 6th, I just checked them, just in case. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all I'll say about that. So just to know... Um, you know, not that she has a lot of interaction with her father at this point in her life, but just knowing that she's getting this foundation to just love people. Yes. And that I hope sincerely that that will contradict any potential teaching she could be exposed yes. to. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah. That's the part we're, that, we're that the I, I you know, it. yeah. And like, and it's. And it's funny because, you know, my daughter, uh, my oldest child is going to be nine in October. So she's not, not too far behind yours. Yeah. Um, and so I think about where we were, you know, cause I, you know, I'm a Liberty grad and how, what we are, you know, taught and stuff and just everything else that I was taught. Uh, I remember telling, you know, my wife, when we were getting ready to move to Florida, I was like, I don't know how I feel about moving to Florida because I feel that if we go back to where you came from, you were very progressive there. And I just feel like once we get away from this bubble, you're going to revert back to that. You're going to be very liberal, very all these things. I remember saying that and having that conversation. And you fast forward today to today. I'm the one that went much further than she did. Like, it was just, it's funny how I was saying, like, I'm afraid it's going to happen to you when it actually happened to me. And my heart just got, you know, it softened so much. Um, just being around people. I I was working with a guy and, um, like, you know, he was getting ready to marry his husband. I think they, you know, unfortunately, um, they ended up getting a divorce, but I remember talking to him, we were serving at the cheesecake factory and he was just like, I tried to pray and I tried to ask God to take Mm. this away from me because if I'm being completely honest, who would want to go through this? Who would want to get abused and rejected Mm -hmm. and kicked Mm -hmm. out of our families and, you know, beaten and even killed just because we want to love who we want to love. And the minute he said that to me, I I was not the same anymore. And I was still deep in the church at that point. But I was at the point to where it's like, I'm not going to be that individual to stand in their way and say, hey, I love this person. 
if that's who you love, that's who you love. It should have absolutely nothing to do with mm-hmm. me or how I feel about it. But the way I feel about it now is that's how it should be. You should be able to love who you are. You should yeah. be able to identify if you, you know, if you do not identify as a specific gender, if that's what you need to go through that experience, to continue to grow in your own journey, mm-hmm. if that's who you truly are, do it. You should have every right to do that. But where we get it wrong is these adults that are wanting to hold on to these archaic mindsets and concepts and they teach it to the children, which is what I'm getting to when I mentioned my daughter, because at one point in time when I flipped and my whole viewpoint on the LGBTQIA plus community changed, when I heard my daughter saying specific things, I stopped what I was doing and I shut it down because it was something about, oh, these two um, kissing their girls or these two kissing their boys and they shouldn't do that. And I was like, why did you say that? Because Mm -hmm. Boys shouldn't kiss boys. Boys shouldn't be with boys. They should be with girls. And I stopped it. I said, they should be with whomever they want to be with. They should Mm -hmm. have the ability to make the choice of what they want. And there's nothing wrong with a boy loving a boy and a girl loving a girl. Because Mm -hmm. it happens. You can't change who you love. You cannot Mm -hmm. try to, you know, you you can't talk yourself out of it. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. I'm I'm talking to her because, again, she's a child. It's a brain thing. Exactly. It's a brain thing, guys. Yeah. Like, look at the yeah. science. <laughs> yeah. So I'm explaining this to you know to my daughter, and eventually we heard her like she shared with us like I think it was Jurassic Park, like the animated series and stuff. And there was a scene in the cartoon where they kiss each other. She told my wife, she's like, "Yeah, mommy, they, they kiss." I'm like, okay, it was like that's all, and then went on about their business. Doesn't phase her anymore. Doesn't bother her anymore because she has the understanding of there's nothing wrong with it. It's the people that get really, really weird about gay people because they're visualizing what they're doing behind closed doors as opposed to them simply. There are heterosexual relationships that you don't know about, you know, their sex life. Mm -hmm. You know that they're a couple and that they may hug and kiss. Why is that any different than someone of the same sex doing the same thing? They just want the ability to be able to have the same privileges that you have, the same rights that you have. There should be nothing wrong with that, right? But now the kids, I think, you know, the scene that the kids are starting to catch on to this and grasp it is definitely going to be what changes this, you know, this country for sure. Right. And I think, oh, sorry. No, you go ahead, Holly. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, like, you use the word visualize, Forte, which just leads to other questions like, you know, you know, Mm -hmm. like they're... As long as everyone is of age and consenting, but it's just like, why are you visualizing it in that scenario and not right. other scenarios? Yeah, it's like I don't need to know. I don't need you don't need to keep shoving down my throat that you keep doing these things in in different positions with oils yeah. and sensual massages and with, yeah with light jazz music uh, and going light and stuff, jazz. you know and and. Uh, and different you know anyway um but you know it's just like like everybody's looking at him like what are you what it's, it's like have you guys seen the ultimatum their mind have you guys seen the ultimatum the show no so it's, it's basically so. there's couples and someone is like you have to marry me or else in the show <gasps> i've so heard of it do. and i hated the yeah. idea so good <laughs> the first season is straight couples the new season is gay couples, uh, predominantly oh. lesbian couples. And my husband was watching this with me, and 
he, I mean, he grew up very conservative, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he was just shocked at how, uh, compared to the first season, everyone is so, like, sexualized and, you know, like, you know, they're all like, oh, I want to, you know, get with someone else. But these people are actually so intentional. They don't want to cross any boundaries against their partners. And, you know, like, actually trying. It was so meaningful. Yeah. Like, so intentional, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It was just... It's just it was just mind blowing to me to see that it was it was beautiful. Sorry, that was a tangent. <laughs> but go yeah, watch. No, it. I mean that's, no. that's okay. That's what this is for, you know. Yeah, and that that's the thing, you know. It's just like they keep trying to portray people as certain things, and right. it's just and it's very refreshing to see that's how it is not is. That sentence that I just said was really odd. <laughs> so forgive me if I start making less sense. It's not because I took an edible because I don't do those things. <clears throat> but um, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> okay, we have a conversation yeah, later. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. Um, anyway, they are not this um, stereotypical, you know, visual concept that they keep trying to, you know, portray these people as. Mm-hmm. It's the same way. Like with with black people, like I have like when people start asking me questions because they're confused because one because I sound this way as opposed to I don't I don't know like I know what it is and what they're trying to say but it's funny when mm-hmm. people start asking yeah. me questions like oh so you're black but you like da 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 yeah you don't have to you know we, we don't need that you know this you know that qualifier there saying you're black just say I'm a, you know I'm an individual that likes these things yeah. it's okay for me to be a black individual to like these things or do these things or whatever. Just because I talk, you know, clearly and, you know, have a little bit more, and, and, uh, like, I can cut up with the best of them and you won't be able to understand a damn word I'm saying. But either way, whether I'm this person or that person, my blackness yeah. doesn't change. You know, yeah. I might not sound the same way, but I am still the same black person. So if people have this image of us, like, you know, because when I worked at, you know, when I went to Liberty and I worked at McAdoo's, but just all around those Freddie, you white. You the whitest black guy I know. I'm blacker than you. I don't understand why white dudes love saying that. They they love trying to compare. Oh, so basically what you're saying because I don't because I didn't go to jail because I didn't have you know I um I don't have right. you know baby models all this other stuff whatever that I'm not yeah. black is that is that how you feel about us? Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. I'm like my yeah. blackness doesn't change just because. I do things differently. That, that yeah. It doesn't work that way because if I leave the church and you leave the church and somebody leave the church, we all leave at the same time and the cops pull somebody over. Chances are they're coming after me. Yeah. So right. yeah, I'm sorry that yeah. I may not sound the way you want me to sound so I can keep my blackness in your eyes, even though you're not black, you wish you were me. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm still, I'm still that dude. You know, it is, it is what it is. And that's another tangent. We were talking about the LGBTQIA plus community. Oh, and somehow I, I started talking about, you know, people trying to pull me, get me, pull me, pull me over and, right. you know, oh in God. hypothetical situations. So again, it's not because of the edible. This is, you know, this is a really good flowing conversation. Yes. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's jump back into this. Um, so one of the things, one of the people, you know, that they interviewed, they, you know, obviously they interviewed Amy and her husband, but they also mm-hmm. interviewed Jim, Bob and Michelle's close friend, which I shit yeah. you not. Jim Bob's closest friend name is Jim also. That's hilarious. Like Jim Bob and, and then, Jim and you know. And then his estranged wife is Bobby. Right. That's weird. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that was that was crazy. And I could see the awkwardness between the two yeah. of them in the actual documentary. So to see the story mm-hmm. afterwards, like, oh no, right. they were on they were on one accord, you know, talking about all the stuff that was going on with the Duggars. But you could see at the very beginning, right right when they were getting interviewed, that yes. she didn't necessarily favor him as much like she's just sitting yeah. there like i don't like you either but we here we get the check i guess uh but yeah not she, together. Right? I, I didn't know she that she filed a restraining order against him he can't come anywhere near her or their son for for 10 years damn i, I mean, didn't know it was that long which, but. which was like the maximum length it could be and they have yeah. they have a bunch of kids and yeah, wow. I'm just I'm like, look into that later. yeah, I did. I did notice yeah. that animosity where she was like, "You talk for yourself," kind of thing, and I was like, oh, "Yeah." Okay. <laughs> she I said, know. "I was like, oh, I talk for both of us." No, 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 you talk for yourself. I was like, "Hmm." Once I realized that she wrote the restraining order, and I saw that part again tonight when I looked at it again, I was like, "Oh shit!" Like that's really bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and I mean, God. she agreed to take the stand pretty early on in the trial, which I'm sure. You know, that was probably, mm-hmm. at least to some extent, you know, going against, you know, yeah. her role, you know. Yeah. You know, Which, that's a valid point there, too. Did. Yeah. I mean, because you have that. Yeah. No, seriously. Um, you you have that and, you, you know, you have other people. And it's not just the role. She's challenging the role. She's challenging the Duggars. She's challenging the IBLP. Like, I mean, it gets deep. Like, I'm sure... They were not happy about them. They were probably trying to shut them down. And again, yeah. it's a very mafia s type thing it right really there. Where it's is. just like, if you okay, did y'all ever see? I I don't think you have Katrina. So this is one you it's probably do want to watch. The story like, of my life. It's okay. Um, did you ever see the TV show Big Love? It was on HBO. Um, I don't know if I. I don't think I ever saw yeah. it. I mean, I knew okay. of it, but I never so saw it. Yeah, so it's on Max. I recommend that one. I mean, it's. It's rough and intense, but all right. So Big Love is about um, Bill Paxton, who is Bill Henderson, I think, in in the show. Him, his first wife, second and third wife. He has three wives, and I can't remember how many kids. I want to say six or seven different kids, whatever. And it's the story of this family in Utah and how Mm. they're dealing with being a polygamous family while trying to, you know, run a business while walking away from a fundamentalist cult, which is very ironic because they continued on with the polygamous lifestyle after leaving this, you know, this church and like, but it's just their story and and all these things. They, I think they did it really well. You know, the late uh, Bill Paxson um, is a brilliant actor. He did a really good job. And and it's really funny how, um, He's like getting ma- angry and mad and stuff, but he's not cussing because they because <laughs> again because they're Mormons, so they're not cussing. But it's just really funny to see. He's gonna, Gosh dang it, or whatever. Like it's just it's just those things are really funny there. But like, um, but yeah, seeing them and how it's just this family. They're big, you know. Inside of it, there was you know this one part of the family that I think was estranged from another uh, side of the family of the cult leaders or whatever. They were running, you know, their own little sect of polygamy and things like it was a mob like i mean like that's what i was like talking about the whole you know yes. mob whatever yes. like the, right. these people right. were straight up acting like mob. like they were they were violent they're you know trying to put hits on people they're intimidating wow. people like it was it was bad like and i'm sitting there like is that really a thing like they, you know people are right. like that you know because you just don't know i mean hey they're not monolithic right. either but yeah i mean it's just it's just crazy so like when i think about the iblp 
and how, mm-hmm. you know, what they're trying to get this, you know, um, under wraps or whatever, all the people that were interviewed in, in, in the documentary were probably getting a lot of shit from the people that are running it because oh, sure. they, they went right in on Like they went in on them. They accused Bill Gothard of mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, um, yeah. unflattering shit, just other people in there. I mean, there's just a lot of things that we mentioned in our podcast they were dealing with too. So like, I mean, it was just, mm-hmm. it's crazy. It's just fucking crazy. It, I think I wrote this down in my notes. I put, um, there's so many like ways of, of volume here in this first episode. You yeah. don't just have, you don't have the daughter. You have the best friend. You have the sister, the niece, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. all of these people coming forward. And again, just reading the document that is on the parents' website, them saying, this documentary is just hurting us. Really? You can't take like, any no. accountability? Not no. even an ounce. Where no. That's just pride. And pride goes before the fall. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like, mm-hmm. that, yeah. That was, that was yeah. <sighs> oh, that hurt us. Oh, imagine what that, the people... That- uh, who were assaulted were going through. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't get it. I low key like watching this, like, brings back, you know, like, of course, memories from Liberty, but especially from like my Bible college. Yeah. Um, I went, I did a year of Bible college and then I worked for this Bible college for a year because my plan was to be a single missionary to the UK. Wow. Um, but there was just so, so many similarities. Like, okay, for example, we had to wear skirts every day to class. We could not start wear dress pants until so it was in way upstate New York. So until it was getting like regularly, I forget how many below, degrees below freezing before we could wear pants. That's ridiculous. Um, That's insane. You yeah. You had to wear pantyhose to church on Sunday. You could get written wow. up if you didn't. Yeah. Um, we had the whole chaperoning thing. Like even if you were just friends, not dating, you still had to have a third party. Um, definitely off campus and then even on some farther out parts of campus. Um, something that was different was like, there was absolutely no hugging, no kissing, no physical contact between males and females, unless a, you were engaged and to be engaged, you had to get the permission of the head of the college and they had to call the girl's parents to make sure dad approved before they would give permission. How old were you? I was 17 when I went to Bible college. I was 17 when I went to college, uh, Bible college. It was, um, I feel like the church that I was in in high school, like it was like a good setup for it. We'll say. Um, but yeah, like, and like, it was funny because in our rule book, it said like, you know, in the event of has whether that weather conditions become hazardous, a gentleman may offer a lady his arm. So like in the winter, because you could not touch it unless you were engaged. And then only oh then you gosh. could hold hands and you could have like a five well, second wish... hug if you hadn't seen each other for three days. So, I wish I had a manual. My parents right? didn't give us a manual. It was just like, once I was left alone in a room, I was maybe 10 me Mm -hmm. my sister and this guy and his sister were all we were just like playing with some like I don't even know what was in the room like some kind of game and Mm -hmm. my sister and the girl left and I was alone with the boy my dad walks by grabs me by the arm Mm -hmm. and does something abusive to me and is like you cannot be alone with a boy in a room 
you need to stay here for like 45 minutes or something. And I was just like, what just happened? We were just playing a, like, what? Just, the door was open. Like, what just happened? Mm-hmm. So, sorry, that, that's what came to mind when, when you were saying that. Yeah, don't apologize. The, but yeah. That, that situation. Wow. Yeah. They would find the icy. So they'd find the icy patches on ca- on campus. And like the couples would just walk back and forth arm in arm. That was the only two ways you could get physical contact. Put a wow. ring on it. Or wait for the ice. That's crazy. I, need, yeah. I want to see this guidebook that you're talking about. Like they have like this whole. I meal. wish I still had it. But the Liberty Way is online for public perusal. That's really fun to read through. <laughs> uh. um, I didn't even read it. I don't know what I... I feel like I signed saying that I would agree to it, but I never fucking know. Right. It's not like I was doing anything crazy at Liberty. That's a lie, but still. Um, <laughs> not, <laughs> not, on the, not on the level of my neighbors. Some of them, they were... They're turning up. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Were you homeschooled or did you go to like public school? Um, All of the Sorry. above. <laughs> all of the above. Okay. I like, okay, I went to like a, a Baptist school for pre K, homeschool for kindergarten, Catholic school first through sixth grade. Wow. Uh, three different public schools for the, re- through, for the rest of junior high. And then homeschooled ninth grade. 10th grade was church school. And then that church school closed. So then 11th grade was a different church school. And I graduated a year early because I didn't want to be there anymore. And I went to yeah. college. Wow. A great idea. Yeah. That's crazy. The, the, because I was looking, I'm trying to get the, this, this, what is this guy's name? The, I wrote it down. Bill Gothard. I personally uh-huh. do not oh, yeah. remember that name growing up. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, did we have anything of his in our house? But we actually did, um, uh, I was homeschooled my whole life. Mm-hmm. But we did um, um, Amish Mennonite curriculum from really? K to fifth grade. With a mother mm-hmm. whose English is not their first language, oh. mind you. So, like, I, I mean, the, that's a whole other conversation. But eventually we did the same program that the Duggars did, which is switched on schoolhouse on the computer, uh, which you could basically mm. rig. It was it was insane how you can rig that. Um, so I wonder if any of the Duggar kids had that same situation happen to them because my mom would put, like, you ha- a, a, a F was 85 so you can like mm. she would mess with the the grades and like no this is wrong send it back and we're like i've done this six times what do you want me to do you know that kind of situation so it was very right. easy to do on the program i wonder if, if they had that um situation happen yeah i had a becca a oh, becca oh. For, you're one of those yeah. people um <laughs> yeah i think i mean and then like uh, my ex-husband, I don't, they were like homeschooled half their life. And then they went to like Christian school where corporal mm. punishment was allowed. Um, what? And I think they, yeah. Um, yeah. I'll have to tell you a story about that. But I think they used a Becca for them. And then his youngest sibling was homeschooled like his whole life. And it was all wow. a Becca. And a Becca is, that could be a whole other <laughs> episode it, in and of itself. Did you guys have what the Duggars have? Like, I mean, throughout all of their show, I don't know if you guys ever seen any of their show, but um, where they didn't really have any contact with the outside world. Is that anything that relates to to you guys at all? So the cult that I was in, it's not that we didn't have 
access to the outside world. We all had cell phones. It was 2005 when I joined. So cell phones were shitty, but we still had them. They were starting to get closer to iPhones and stuff like that, but they weren't there just yet. We had access to our friends and family, but they kept putting us in activities to where it was impossible to get on the phone and talk to them. We Mm -hmm. were training during our training camp from, I want to say... Seven, eight o'clock in the morning until probably eight o'clock at night. We were probably maybe sometimes six o'clock at night. If we had like a session afterwards, we do that. And then, you know, we have a little time. Then we have our um, lights out at a specific time. Imagine telling 18 to 25 year olds lights out at 10 o'clock. That means everybody has to Mm -hmm. go to sleep at at 10. Um, Yeah. Not just be in the room. But you need to go to bed. Like, you know, it was crazy. Like, yeah, yeah, we are. We are forced to do that. Yeah. And we get up in the morning and do everything again. So during that time period, we didn't have opportunity to be, you know, on the phones. And if you were on the phones, they would strongly suggest that you not do that. But the biggest thing, and this is where it does get really like, this is where the manipulation comes in and how they were able to get away with shit. is because, again, you have something that's attractive and appealing that people will fall all over to themselves to please you and to make sure that they're in good standing with you. So when people did things wrong, we would have a, not a private confession, not just a private confession. You also had a corporate confession, meaning in the organization I was in, when I joined it, there were a hundred of us. If two people did something wrong, they had to confess in front of a hundred people and the staff and the other people working. So 120, 130 people were sitting here looking at you and they did not let up like the people running the organization when you had to confess and you were crying it was like speak like stop crying say what you need to say like they were really tough until you said that i was wrong will you please forgive me then everybody forgave you and then they would start to soften up and you know and things would get there like it was just really like magic words and stuff but when these things happen they would write a list of all of the things when something that was considered moral failure. So basically someone that was fucking or something like that. And then it got, you know, it got back to them. Um, and depending on the severity of it, if you had sex, you got sent home. If you did oral or something or, you know, the lower it goes, you were given a second chance, but you had to do yard work or all this, all this other shit. As time went on, we would have these sessions and in the sessions we would learn things. We'd be trained, we'd be indoctrinated, but there was one session called dirty laundry. And a dirty laundry session is where they would sit us all down and tell us all the stories about things that have happened in the past in the organization, but they would never say names and they would never really say the year. So the further wow. time got away, you wouldn't know who it was unless you were there for multiple years and something happened the year you were there. One of the instances, it was, you know, a story that was being mentioned involved my best friend and my ex-girlfriend. So like, and like when they were sharing the story, people were looking at me because they knew exactly who it was about. Wow. And I was just like, I can't do anything about that. So I say all that to say, well, wow, that's really bad. You know, I mean, it would be really shameful if other people knew about that. And they were like, yes, that's why we don't let you talk about the stuff that happens here in the organization, because why would you want to hurt your family? That's exactly wow. how they said it. And that's how they got people in. Mm-hmm. So we may not have had complete, um, excommunication from the outside mm-hmm. world um especially when we got on the road and we did our traveling and stuff we had the cell phones you know what are they going to do but during yeah. that training camp where they were indoctrinating right. us that's exactly when we we wow. didn't have that much communication that's so and that's how they that's how they fucked us up wow 
It's amazing. Yeah, I know with um, it was that quite that stream at Bible College, but we did like okay, so that you know back then you know AIM was still like the shit, you know, mm-hmm. um, but we they would turn off the internet at a certain time of night. Um, they of course had like monitoring software, um, that mm-hmm. could monitor for certain website hits, you know, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I can verify that because when I worked for them the following year, one of my jobs mm-hmm. was to forward the emails of like such and such a student or such a stuff staff member went on this website and it would include no. a link. So I'd have to, I couldn't look at it because I was, I was a female, so I'd have to for him to like check through the links um and then you know we were told this i don't know if they actually did it but we were told that they would listen in on fit phone conversations so really it would not surprise me either way if they just told that to you know enforce obedience or if like they sincerely were i wouldn't be surprised either way complete control they needed to have complete control yeah yeah. yeah, and everything became so focused on saving everybody. You know, we yeah. have to hand out so many tracks every break, and we'd have oh to write gosh. down like the dates and times, and like a sentence about who we passed. Right? I don't wow. miss those. Not about. I forgot That's about all. that word. I forgot about that word for a second. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's what I was about. I love the cartoon ones. It's like you would die. And I was like, oh. This is a dark cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite have... one was the one that was money. Here, have the, uh-huh. yeah, don't spend all your money at once. This guy was saying that to be funny. I thought he was really giving me money when I was working at Chick-fil-A. It was a oh goddamn God. track. I was like, man, if I see you in these streets, <laughs> right? I'll tell you what, what you do. I'll tell you what you do in these tracks, goddammit. No. Oh, wow. Did you, did you no, have I, the I... Jesus Rubik's Cube? Oh, <laughs> yes! Yes, the storytelling. Like this is how you're supposed to talk to people. Yes, the on Roman the road, Rubik's cube. Roman road. Okay, yeah, yeah. Wow. I use that cube all the time. I have oh no God. idea if it's still somewhere, but like, I just look back now. I'm like, wow, that was that was the choice, Holly. Yeah, was, I, you guys are so. Like, <laughs> you guys are like really. I mean, you guys are. I'm I'm 26. So I don't know how old you guys are, but. It's like really cool to see your guys' journey and how <laughs> your guys' journey and um, I don't know I I want to be where you are you know does that make sense like I'm still <laughs> still very angry and still coming to realization to like what has happened to me my whole life and mm-hmm. trying to work through like trauma therapy and uh, now hypnotherapy to unlock the things mm-hmm. I don't even remember. You know, um, and I just want to say you guys are just so inspiring, and I, I just hope oh. to be where where you are in the in that place of healing because I really want to get there, and you know, just put it behind me. But thank you, oh, thank you guys. Thank you for really training us. <laughs> I mean, I um, think too. Like, yeah. I'm super proud of you for number one having that moment of awakening. Number two, now doing the work that you need to heal yourself. You know, to show up healed and, you know, just, you know, I hope that when you get to our age that you're even farther along. Like that, you you know, um, I was 20. Math is hard. It is. Uh Especially when your dad's yelling at you when you're trying to learn it. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know fractions. What? I had to get in there. <laughs> yeah. No, I was 26 when I had my daughter. I was about to be 27. And honestly, like her arrival, that was like the turning point for me because then to see, Same. like, Same. you know, I see how I'm being treated by my spouse and yes. I kind of justify it because, well, I chose to marry him. But wow. now that this is continuing to happen in and around, in front of her and then to her, you know, no, like no, wow, Why? good for you. So twenty six is a job, good twenty six is a good year. Hope so. I'm really hoping. Sorry, we're like Forte's. Like, can we like? No, you're all good. You're all good. I was no, I'm sitting here thinking because I'm like, okay, so she was a yeah, because I was um I was almost thirty when Emmy, my oldest child, was born. So like um was twenty nine. She was born. And so now every time we do have a birthday, when her birthday hits, I know I'm going to be 30 years on top of whatever it is. So this whole about to be 39 <laughs> thing is not necessarily something I'm really, I'm not concerned with it until she turns 10, because I know that means 40s coming in less than two months. So yeah. Um, wow. yeah um, I, was, but, I thought you guys were early 30s, honestly. Honestly. I, thank you. That's really funny. Yeah, I appreciate that. I um, I did a consultation at a gym a couple of days ago. And they asked my age, I said 38, and, and the person looked at me like, no way, you're not 38. I thought you were like early 30s. I'm like, yeah, I appreciate that. Really? But no, I'm yeah, old right. as hell. Black uh- <laughs> black. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's yeah, right. I will be 36 soon. I'm just like, I am more than halfway to 40. I feel yeah. like. Think about it as celebration. It's a celebration, though. Yes. Yeah. Celebrate. Yes. No lie. Like, it's good. I remember You're looking at people in their 30s when I was a kid thinking, like, they they have arrived. They are the adultiest adults. <laughs> adult. <laughs> adult. I'm right now. I, I, I am the an adult in my 30s. I was like, I, these can't, we can't be the same adults. Like, <laughs> right. Right. Because I'm sitting there like, I haven't arrived at shit. Like, what is going on? Right. I still feel like. I'm like the most like immature person ever. Like I just I, you know because y'all y'all see the stuff I post on Facebook. Half of it's humor because I just gotta get everybody to laugh. But like I'm just sitting yeah. there like, I, did I ever really grow up? Man, I just feel like that has not reached it there. You know, uh, but uh, everybody's I different. I still play so. gas chicken, and I'm much to my father's chagrin. My what parents what right behind gas chicken. Gas? When you see how far, yeah, gas chicken. What is gas chicken? Oh my gosh! I'm see how this far down. you can get on your uh, when your e light when your gas light comes on. Your oh, <laughs> I do that all the time. My wife, my wife's sitting there trying to pump, you know, try to get me to fill up gas at half a tank. What the fuck, half a tank? It gets down to a quarter. She's like, "Am I gonna have enough gas to get home? You're not gonna burn a quarter tank of gas driving five minutes down the road, woman. Stop it!" Uh, like she means. She, 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 she had me all paranoid and stuff, and we still got a quarter tank. But it'll get on E, and I'm just like, all right, yeah, I know I'm still good for probably yeah. another 20 to 40 miles. As long as I can. <laughs> but My the minute it starts knows. going, uh, like it goes underneath that E, you again, you, you're good for another 20 to 30 minutes yes. you know, or uh, miles. Mm-hmm. And then the car just stops moving. Like that's never happened to me six or seven times uh, <laughs> while I was My at Liberty. Anyway. My husband can tell by the mileage. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run out of gas. He's like, what's the mileage right now? And I'm like, this is it. He's like, you got, you got twenty, you got twenty five. Yeah. That's impressive. That's a good life skill to have. How do you know this? Is this? Are you a magician? 
I can't math. Yes. Sorcery. <laughs> absolutely. No, absolutely. Absolute, absolute sorcery there. Yes, yes. No, it's just, you know, like, that. I do that too. And, you know, sometimes... Uh, you know, I'll pick up a phone when a bill collector calls and I just hang it back up. Or like, no, my favorite thing to do now is um, is to answer the phone and then mute the phone and <laughs> see how long they notice that I'm not going to fucking talk to them. That's Hello? Funny. Hello? <laughs> do you guys Hello? remember those voicemails? Do you guys remember those voicemail recordings? Hi. I, I can't yes. hear you. Yes, I have <laughs> I remember those. Yeah, I hate yep. those. Like, if, if I had a friend, that, one of my friends got me really good. He's like, I uh, called him. He's like, hello? I was like, dude, you know, da, 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 da. whoa, 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 slow down, slow down. You're talking too fast. Slow down with what you're saying. Try it again. And I'm still going into it. Psych, leave a message like, and, and, and said, beep. I was like, motherfucker. I was like, yeah. Yeah, oh, I, that's what to... made me change mine because I was going for like a professional theater internship over my summer uh, break. One of my friends what? was like, "You should probably not have that as your voicemail." Yeah, good point. <laughs> and what? ring back tones. Oh, <laughs> I don't know about that life. So I'm like, I'm 97, so I'm top of Gen Z. So there are okay. like some things I do know and don't know. And then being okay. super uber sheltered too is just like <laughs> so right before the 2010s, right before the 2010s, okay. you could pay for what was a ringback tone. So instead of the your caller just hearing some boring elevator music, you could pick all of these different songs. I usually had Phantom no Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's Mine how the kind of person you are. That is wow. Please enjoy the music while we while we uh, retrieve your call or something like that. And then you just had a fat yeah. Joe in the background. It was just, yeah. It was, <laughs> they found ways to I make money. That was the stupidest thing to spend money on. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so great at the time. It was revolutionary. <laughs> it was like the next level of your AIM away message. It's like, it was just. Uh, Dude, I would buy the ringtones and then play the ringtones while I was working. And so me and my friends, we would just stop for a minute. Literally, it's 20 seconds of uh, Fat Joe's Lean Back. And it's all Lean Back. And we just all do this. Ain't nobody working. We in the Christian Chicken, you know, Chick-fil-A. And everybody's like, get back to work. I was like, okay, okay. I was like, say, man, don't dance with the pull up a pant. And um, again, we just sitting there doing a rockaway. And everybody's just looking at us like, what are you doing? Like, it's a ringtone, man. I just wanted to listen to it. You know what I mean? That, again, that was the stupidest thing we spent money on. But I had like 17 ringtones. Didn't that many people call me? There was no reason for me to buy all these. Like, I like the songs, but I had the CDs. Why did I buy the ringtones too? Wait, what's a CD? Stop it! Stop! <laughs> I have this to is, do that. I love yeah. doing that to people. What's the Yellow That's, Pages? Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, all right, it's, yeah, it sounds like oh it's Katrina's goodness. bedtime while we fucking around here. All right, so she's <laughs> about to mute. I'm about to go ahead and mute her microphone since we play. <laughs> like, what's the CD? Is like, no, stop. That was that was an early 2000s thing. You would know that one. <laughs> no, I know. Some people yeah. get really scared when I say that. <laughs> Hey 
Hey, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. To get updates on new episodes, please subscribe. Do us a favor, share the podcast on social media with your friends, family, and enemies. Leave a rating or review for others to be able to discover the content, whatever you want. We just appreciate your time and energy. Thank you again, and have a good one.